Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the absence of truth and right Love makes a circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Able to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
just explore other people's work and universal insights and expanding your perception, really how life works through all these different topics and tools and resources. In my own work, what I do is I interpret a person's life code to allow them to live a, more, a life filled more with compassion. And I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement. If you've missed that, you can catch uh, that in, you know, more so uh, on my website where people have interviewed me, and, and I've done that. Um, there's some really good ones in there on that. And I've also authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life Dreams, and this companion workbooks, and my first two books, Activating Compassion and this companion workbook. In addition, I've created the Compassion Tour, uh, which is no longer the Compassion Tour, <laughs> but it is now called the True North Tour. And that's a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, book signings, fundraising events. You can follow all of these things on my website, jessianniclesgeorgethenumberone.com. I will mention I will be back on the East Coast this fall for a couple of weeks in October. I'll be going through the Pottstown, Pennsylvania area, um, doing uh, taking private appointments and doing a workshop event there. I will also be in the Washington, D.C., Fairfax, Virginia area, um, coming up in October, doing a workshop with Jim and Ashley Cash, where they do a soundscapes meditational workshop, and I'll be teaming up with them as well as taking private appointments there. And then I'll be headed near the Boston area into Westford, Massachusetts, and I will be doing private sessions, and I'll be doing two workshops in that region and then headed back. Um, in addition to that, I have events going on in the Sioux Falls, Dakota area, which I have this autumn equinox. I have a, a full weekend event going on. And also at Halloween time, I'll have a full weekend event going on. So those are just a couple of options for you to keep in mind. And just a reminder also, if you enjoy the show today, make certain that you share it with people because I know every time I click share and I share that link out there, somebody comes back to me and says, oh, my gosh, I really needed this right now, and I, I really appreciate what you're offering here. So it's definitely worth clicking that because it just might change a life in the process. And all of the Main Street Universe shows are available as a podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com. And most of the activating Compassion and Code Connection shows can also be found on my YouTube channel. Um, matter of fact, I think they're all on there uh, as far as I know. <laughs> and then I've got a page also on my website called Main Street Universe that has links to all of the archive shows for it. So you can check all of that out. And for those that have listened before, you know that one of the things I'd like to do at the beginning of the show is delve into a little book called The 72 Names of God by Yehuda Berg, who is a wonderful Kabbalah master. And I love his work because he takes the big concepts, he puts them into everyday language. And by the way, some of the things that I do on the show like this and, um, and the code interpretation I'll be sharing for the week, is also on my page of the Main Street Universe tab. So you can go back and you can reflect on it during the week, which is one of the things I love to do is go back and do that reflection in it. So this week, let's take a look at what Yehuda has for us. And I, and I always love, even though I just kind of go through the book week after week and he has all these names there, how they always seem to fit into the guest that I have going on. And it's interesting because I can even book a guest like today's guest, um, Augie Nose, and you know, book him at one point, and then things shift, and we were able to bring him on earlier, and uh, which is today. And, you know, yet the name of God that we have today is perfectly fitting to what he's going to talk about. So there you go. 
And the common name that Yehuda gives today is dream state. And with this, the little message that he gives at the beginning is, according to Kabbalah, our physical universe is not all there is. In fact, our world of early morning coffee and traffic jams is just one of many dimensions. And these other dimensions are accessible in different ways, one of which is through our dreams. And then he goes on with the insight for this. When we fall asleep, the daily chains of physical existence that trap our souls and our bodies loosen. As we slumber, our souls become free to ascend into the spiritual atmosphere where they receive nourishment, power, and the occasional tuna. During this nightly sojourn, our souls are in a realm beyond time and space. Past, present, and future become one. The full panorama of a human lifespan is displayed from birth to death. Our souls catch sight of future events, both positive and negative. And these glimpses are then filtered down to the body where they can take the form of dreams. Dreams contain both lies and truths. And if we're spiritual, our dreams are predominantly truthful. If we're egocentric, our dreams will be misleading. These influences affect us subconsciously, impacting the decisions we make in life. The more truthful our dreams, the wiser choices we make, and vice versa. If we can extrapolate the messages from our dreams and nightmares, consciously and subconsciously, we understand what we have to change about ourselves. Spiritual change is the proactive way to deflect negative effects and judgments that might be headed our way. Now, with this name, and this is the meditation he gets, with this name, you dream truthfully. Your soul ascends to safe and loving places during the night. You awake each morning recharged, reinvigorated, renewed in body and spirit, wiser. So, again, the common name is Dream State, and the formal name is Lamed Lamed Hay. And again, you can also find that on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, Jesse and Nichols George, number1.com. Now, a little insight here to kind of get us in the frame of mind for uh, what we're talking about today and, and what we're discussing, and we'll kind of get this going here so that we can move on to break and move on to bringing our guests on today. Is it possible that there is more than one timeline for our Earth? And what are your thoughts that our pure and original timeline has been hacked and there are attempts to divert us into a more controlled, darker timeline? And why are timelines important? This is probably not your everyday conversation with somebody. And my realization is that many are not even aware that there are mere, that there are mere than mere, more. <laughs> I'm going to get this out. I can tell it's going to be a tongue-twisting day. There are more than one timeline happening, and those that are aware of it have many thoughts regarding it. Some feel that those in control have created their own and are detouring people off of the original one. And yet others will say, well, we each have multiple timelines running through, and which timeline are we're on depends on our choices that we make. And still others will say, there's a plan of this where we are being swayed to choose unfavorable timelines without even realizing that since we cannot be put on a different one, we have to choose it. 
I find that there are so many interesting ways that the universe works, and this is one of those areas where science spirituality meet and intertwine, and more scientists are looking to delve into the spiritual and more spiritualists are looking to delve into the science. And what is exciting about this is that we are finally starting to work together a little bit, like two people getting to the same place by taking different roads to get there. No wrong or right, just different approaches. I see this as being something that people are seeking more and more. People want to understand how things work. Perhaps they feel in doing this they will understand more of the truth, something which people are greatly seeking right now. And perhaps it is because they feel a stronger connection to the divine by getting to the truth of something. There's no doubt one can go through a thousand rabbit holes when we start looking at the workings of the universe. On one hand, it is incredibly simple in how things work, such as the law of cause and effect. You take an action, and that will create a result. On the other hand, there are many layers and variables involved making one wonder, can science ever really account for all of those details in this human existence, given its vastness? Augie Must is one person who has delved extensively into these areas, and he is a spiritual scientist. In other words, he understands things from the scientific viewpoint and yet lives by a very spiritual foundation. And this is something that I think we're going to see more and more of in time. Because we have many that think and function in the scientific world, standing in the spiritual realm and exploring the spiritual concepts. And I'm excited to see this harmony happening in the world. It is certainly something that will provide strength to spirituality and allow people to hone in more on what they are doing and their approach to things. And it also brings what has been rigid into a more flowing space and opens the formula mind to more possibilities. How do you see these two working together? And where do you see us blending science and consciousness? And how do you see this interaction being beneficial for you? The code for this week is a reminder that it is a deep interconnection with self that allows the wheel of fortune to turn and lead us into deeper connection with our soul self and the divine. To experience deeper connections, it is important to take a close look at the company we are keeping. Who are the people that you have chosen to partner with, be it family, friends, lover, business partner? Take a close look at the choices they are making and ask yourself if they are operating with clarity. Intention is wonderful, but the action is what manifested into our lives. It is time to observe the path you are on. Are you being swayed by others or making your own decisions? And are the people in your life functioning from spirit and operating with grace and integrity? The company you keep can lead you into devastating spirals or propel you into an ecstatic dance with the universe. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I will have Augie Nest with me sharing his work in timelines and universal working. And the song that I've got for you during our break is called Expectations. It's by Claire Hedin. And if you'd like to find out more about her work, you can definitely do so because she's got a lot that's going on even beyond music at her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's B-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And we'll be back in just 
just a few minutes.
And welcome back. You are listening to Code Connection. And my name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin called Expectations. And you can definitely check out more of Claire's work at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. I greatly appreciate her allowing us to use her music during the course of this show. And today I have with me Augie Nuss, author of Spiritual Science, Higher Consciousness, Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. Through his many experiences as a flight instructor, commercial pilot, business owner, paranormal researcher, publisher, student of the mind, radio and TV talk show host and producer, and through direct mind-to-mind contact with the universal consciousness, he has learned many of the secrets of society and the universe. Augie now helps others to use this knowledge to experience good things in life. And we will be learning about his work today and thoughts on timelines and the universe. And you can learn more about his work at www.spiritual-sciences.net. So um, that link is at the bottom of our show today. And I'm going to go ahead and open up his mic. Well, Augie, welcome to the show, Code Connection. Well, thank you. Hello, hello there. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> We're going to have some fun today. I love having fun on a Friday. Isn't that what Fridays are built for? <laughs> <laughs> I think they were made for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I would love, Augie, because you're a very interesting person with a, a very interesting background here. Um it, I would, because we're going to delve into your work, but I'd love for you to start off by sharing, you know, a bit about you. Uh, how did you get into doing this work of spiritual sciences and studying the universe? I mean, what brought you to doing all of this? Well, uh, God, I don't know where to start. Uh, I am an import to the United States. You know, I was born and raised over in Northern Europe in Norway. And I grew up there on a farm, went to agricultural college and uh, started, you know, running the farm. And I I knew that wasn't my thing. I had a dream that was different than that. And uh, I had to follow my dream. So we uh, sold everything out and I left and went to the United States to go to flight school and became a commercial pilot. We started a flight um, school of our own and became an air taxi operation and, and, uh, and an air carrier. I did that for many years. And, um, you know, the thing about jobs, you know, they kind of sneak up on you. Even if you own the company, if you do too much of it, it becomes just another job. So I started <laughs> learning this old concept that if you do uh, find something you love to do and you'll never have to work a day in your life, and I wasn't there. I I got I wore out. I after ten thousand hours of flight time in the air, flying through freezing mud and thunderstorms, you know, you get uh, you wear out after a while. And I started doing other things. I uh, started getting into mind development. I was teaching a mind development course that teaches people how to read at the rate of a seventy-five thousand words per minute with ninety-five percent retention. And I had so much fun with that. I saw the possibilities that came from that, and I started uh, investigating, um, you know, paranormal issues. And I uh, got on the radio, started some radio shows, and I was hosting and producing two TV shows in Tucson, Arizona for six years, and I did radio shows there. And 
And, well, I don't know. I'm, I've done a few things. So um, I learned a few things. And uh, I guess it kind of culminated into this book by about three years ago. I had an incredible experience. Uh, pretty much all of you know, uh, universal knowledge was downloaded into my head in full detail and concept with understanding. And after that happened, I sat there with it. I didn't know what to do with it. So I sat there down, you know, what do I do with this? And I started writing. I wrote for about three days. And uh, and after I was done writing, I started reading it. And I told myself, no, no, no way I can write about this. People will think I'm nuts. And I uh, told uh, another gentleman there that, uh, you know, what had happened. And he said, no, that makes perfect sense. He says, uh, quantum physics talks about this. He says, go get this book. Uh, and uh, the book was uh, titled uh, The Self-Aware Universe. And I went and read the book, and there it was, all the things that I've seen. So now I knew I could write about it. And that's what I, in addition to, Quantum physics, I added my own research to it, and that's what came out in my book. And that's why it is uh, a little ahead of quantum physics, because I saw some things that they are now just scratching the surface on, and you're going to find it interesting. You know, it's always it's always interesting to me, the journey that, that people take. And I can understand what you're saying about the aspect of just having all of the information downloaded <laughs> into things. And, and I get people that tease me about that sometimes. It's like, you know, I think sometimes I think I'm a walking encyclopedia with every piece of information of everything. And, um, and it's kind of interesting at times because you do have to take those breaks to download. But I'm glad that you brought up that point about how you started off doing something that, you thought would be a really great business um, yeah. that you enjoyed. You didn't quite fully have that passion and how you made that differentiation that eventually you, it, it just became another job. And I think that happens for a lot of people that even try to go into the spiritual industry and they're like, yeah, I like this and I want to do this. And then it just becomes another job because of the way that they're working it um, in there and they're yeah, not getting that most people happen that they most people end up with that and uh, what they need to do is they redesign their mind and uh, change the way they're thinking about it or do something different because you got to maintain your own sanity and be happy with what you do otherwise why you know and uh, that's where the, that's where the mind is uh, when it speaks of the mind it's it's such an elusive thing that um, very few people understand what it is uh, i think all the people on this show probably is a little more aware so they probably understand a lot more than the average mr and mrs america does because they think the mind that is all in the brain and it is not in fact the old textbooks they used to say such there is no scientific evidence for the mind exists. It is all in your brain. Well, there is evidence, but the textbooks haven't been changed yet because they don't want to open up that can of worm to the fact that there might be something outside of us physically. And That would be very empowering to people to know that they had a mind to work with and not just a brain. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, most people have figured out that not everything in this universe is the way it looks. Let me give you something to think about. Uh, let me first set the stage so I, you can easier understand the question I'm going to ask you at the end of it. Uh, science has found that matter and energy cannot be created from nothing. That's pretty much a given in Newtonian science. Then again, we have some of the sharpest minds on the planet, like Stephen Hawking at Cambridge University in England and most other theoretical physicists. Now, they are saying that their equations on the blackboard prove this universe was created from nothing. Now, if this whole universe is created from nothing, and you are in this universe created from nothing, what are you? Okay, I paused on purpose there because I wanted people to think. What are you? Well, you see things outside of yourself. Uh, there is, there's got to be something, right? Because you see it. And uh, you experience things. When you're running through the field and stub your toe on a rock, it hurts. Well, yeah, it's got to be something, right? Well, there is nothing physical. There is something at the spiritual and the mental level, but nothing physical. That is what quantum physics talk about, that this whole existence we live in a mind-created universe, and that is created as a hologram by the mind projected outwards so we can have experiences. And there is only one must, thing that can do that. Yeah? I must be tuned in with you because before you said that, I was like, so like a holographic image. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it has very much in common with a hologram. Some of the same concepts and uh, and uh, things apply to what we see and do. And there's only one thing that can do that, and that is thought. Now, that raises another question. What is the mind that creates that thought? Where is it? Is it in the brain or is it in somewhere else? Well, the brain seems to be the hardware. The mind is the software that is laid on top of the hardware and makes the hardware do what it does. Now, a very small portion of the mind is operating through the brain. In fact, the mind is not in the brain. It is one mind throughout all of the universe we are part of. And uh, in fact, we have never been taught how to use our mind. And it is a phenomenal tool, but never taught how to use. Remember back in school when the teacher told you, read this chapter and memorize it, because tomorrow we're going to have a test on it. Oh, I hated that. Uh, because well, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to remember all <laughs> yeah. uh, Because... We didn't know if we were going to be able to remember because the teacher had not told us how to remember. They always think that's automatic. No, it isn't. And uh, 
it's a recall process that is screwed up. It's not the memory itself. Everything you see, feel, touch, smell, and experience is recorded. It is in memory. It's just that the recall process has been screwed up. We don't know how to recall things. Now let's take it one step further. In a mind-created universe, what is in our mind the most and what we believe the most consciously and subconsciously is what we will have in our life. Why would that be? It is because the mind runs the show. It creates the hologram around you. Now, I have an analogy here that I'll just run by you. Uh, If we took Mr. Average... American. Let's say he's an accountant or he might be a, you know, something or other. It doesn't matter. And we put him in the cockpit of a Boeing 747 airplane and told him, let's go flying. Well, he would spend at least 20 minutes in that cockpit before he found the electrical master switch. Now, if we gave him a year's worth of training... And then he put him back in the cockpit and said, let's go flying. Then he could do it. See, we were never trained how to use our interactive universal consciousness. And that's what this book that I wrote is all about. It teaches you how to do that, how to access the universal consciousness, get information, knowledge, and resources from it. That guy now, that accountant sitting in the in the left front seat of the Boeing 747, he can go flying because he was taught how to do it. I teach people how to use the mind, not just your brain. And that's what's special about this because that universal consciousness is everything there is, including what you see and experience around you. And it develops it develops on the experiences, on the basis of the experiences that you have. In fact, it gets smarter. And if we say that this universal consciousness is God, that means that God is also learning. Now, this is very hard to wrap our heads around, but there is some solid science behind this. But you have to go to quantum physics to understand them because Newtonian science does not deal with it. And uh, since we live in a mind-created universe and everything outside of you is only a mind-created projection, a hologram, there is nothing outside of you, nothing physical outside of you. It's just that it appears that way. It is somewhat similar to a dream or, yeah, in fact, a hologram. And that means that this physical thing we are walking around in, you know, our body has actually no mind of its own. It is fed all intelligence that it is using because it is part of that hologram. Let me ask you, Auntie, um, because you, I'm just, I have a question going on with the dream aspect. With, this, with everything being a hologram, if we lay down at night, we go to sleep, we have a dream, is that like a hologram within a hologram type of thing, or you got it now that is okay. mostly 
Now, there are dreams. You heard about lucid dreaming. Lucid right. dreaming can can be a dream, but it also can be a mental remembrance of soul travel. Then it is no longer a dream. It is soul travel that you actually did at the spiritual level, but when you come back into your body and you remember it as it was a dream. So it can be, your, your dream could be a dream or it could be an actual soul travel. And what we're experiencing here in this lifetime could be a soul travel that would be a dream for something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it could be. But the mem the the memory of uh, that soul travel or the astral travel. When you uh, wake up, you remember it, and you think, "Oh, that was a good dream, man! It was clear. I could remember everything in it, and it was so." vibrantly in color and everything was so wonderful and you think it was a dream but it may not have been I can completely relate to that because I live in a kind of deja vu state I see things all the time in my travels and then they show up in my life and I constantly live that and it's a very good likelihood that uh, what you experienced there was not necessarily a, a brain-created dream. It was a mind-created trip that you did. Yes. It could very yes, well be. Yes, it actually propelled me forward to the future and showed me what was happening so that when I got into that moment, you know, what I've learned is when I step into that moment here and now that it, um, I don't know, it's kind of cushioned the the experiences, if you want to say, I'm not as reactive in the moment uh, because I've already lived them. Um, Oh, yeah. it, it, It makes it easier to handle it when I'm going through it. Well, then I would think that was not a brain-created dream. That was more so probably a spiritual experience that you saw something in the future. And when you got to that point in linear brain-created time, then you saw that thing again and you made the choices based on what you were led to do from that experience. Yeah, I, I could see that would happen to you. See, when you go into the future like that, uh, the past, present, and future is sitting in this soup of creation where everything is there as potentials for reality. And um, see, there is only one universal mind, and we are part of that. We're just one branch of it. And that mind is flowing through us and actually creating the physical sensations of everything being real. And boy, is it real. Man, some of the stuff we're going through, oh, God, that feels real. <laughs> but it may not. It not. It's not. It is an experience created by the higher you or the soul or whatever you like to call it, the universal mind. And it's being filtered and restricted 
by about five seconds in your brain before it shows up in your physical reality. And it, when it is filtered like that, it takes on the uh, consciousness, the physical consciousness of what is in your subconscious. And some of the stuff we have in our subconscious mind, that really does not work to our advantage. And uh, this, uh, <laughs> yeah, For and uh, we, have, we have all kinds of subconscious mind programs that is negative. And uh, they're running all the time. And the conscious mind feeds on it. And because of the emotions, it's not the conscious mind alone, but the emotions created by the conscious thinking feeds on the programming in your subconscious mind. So it is so important to control our mind, not just the mind, but also the brain in our, our day-to-day thinking. You know, I have a saying, you know, if you do not control your mind, someone else will. And they do not have your best interest at heart. They have their best interest at heart. So we need to consciously control what we're thinking. Keep at all costs negative things out of our mind because it creates new mind programs in the subconscious. And they will keep popping up right in the middle of your stuff all the time to create negative things. I know exactly what you're talking about with that too because and this is where we draw in the people that are reflections and the experiences and the situations and we think consciously to ourselves I would never ever ever draw this into my life and yet you know I would never ask for somebody to be mean to me I would never ask for somebody to be judgmental and yet you know we do this through our subconscious because somewhere in our subconscious it's saying I'm not liked or I'm not worthy or I can't get along with people or whatever the programming is there. And lo and behold, it it shows up. And, you know, it's up to us to supersede that and say, yeah, I'm not playing that game. Yeah. And that's when we, the way to start controlling this is that when something negative happens, you know, we have expressions for it. And some of them I'd rather not say. And uh, we should catch ourselves. Soon as something negative happens, catch ourselves before we make the expression or before we react to it. And stop the reaction. Once we start doing that a few times, it becomes more common to us and we can much more so control what we're thinking and what we're saying because what we're saying also impacts what we are thinking. Let's say you drop something and uh, the first thing you want to say, you know, well, yeah, something like that. And catch ourselves before we say it because it makes an impact on the subconscious and it's sitting there brewing anytime something else negative like that happens, it jumps right up there and says, hey, here I am, here's my expression. And you grab it and you might say it. So as the more we start stopping ourselves from doing that, and it don't take that long, then we start controlling what we're saying and start subduing the uh, mind program in the subconscious. We're actually outsmarting it. 
You cannot fight it. They'll lose, you'll lose every day. But when you outsmart it, it starts going away on you. It gets bored. Well, I got nothing to do. He never accepts what I'm saying. So I'll just go to sleep and it just goes away. So you can control what the subconscious is doing. And I'm glad that you brought that up um, with that because, um, as we know, when we get into this competition or this conflict or we try to resist things, we're stepping out of that divine connection and we're feeding that energy of conflict in our lives. We're feeding that energy of um, of bringing more of that into our lives through more means um, in there. Whereas if we stop it and we say, uh, 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 "I'm not not going there," and yeah. you know, you know, and we take this other path, and I, I do that a lot in my life. I, I stop and go, "Oh." I see exactly what this is about. <laughs> this is about seeing this, or I see that this is about challenging that, and it's like, nope, I'm going to stop and be happy with me right now. Yeah. See, the brain is not that important. It's the mind that is. And, oh, boy, do I have an example for this. That was back in the, I think, the early 1970s. There was a gentleman over in England that... He had had headaches all his life, pretty much. And he was going to college, and he was um, he was taking some college courses, and he had so much headaches, he figured that I'm going to go to the hospital and see if I can get an X-ray and find out what's wrong with my brain. So he went to the hospital. They took an X-ray, and they found he had no brain. All he had was a, the brain stem was sticking into the cavity that was filled with fluid. There were no brain. And he he was he was doing really well in college, just that the headache was there all the time. And this became a phenomenon. You you can actually you find this on the internet if you uh, Google man with no brain, I think I did it one time and it showed up. And uh that tells you the brain actually is not necessary, it's just that we're told that it is, so it is. But the mind took over, and some of the things he was doing that we are told is absolutely necessary to have in the brain. But he didn't have a brain, but it functioned anyway. So hmm. now, now what we can say, you know, man without a brain, is it possible? Yeah, it was. And, uh, and if... Yeah, That's and then we can look at. Concept. Yes, yeah. it is. And then again, we have uh, we have people that become very old. And uh, th- let me give you this example also on things that we are taught is impossible. In the mid 1950s, there was a man that came over from China. He was a university professor. He came to New York as an exchange with the New York professor who went to China. They were going to do some cultural exchanges and kind of try to educate each other, you know, about how their society was. And uh, one evening he went out with colleagues in New York to dinner, and he got food poisoning and died. Though after, when he got to the morgue, they 
started looking at his papers and they said, now, wait a minute, something's wrong here. The man is 154 years old. And they call the ambassador and say, what's wrong with this guy's paper? He's 150 years, 154 years old. That can't happen. And the ambassador told him, of course he is. He is that old. And they asked him, how could that be? Nobody is that old. And the Chinese uh, ambassador said, yes, he is. Uh, and they asked him why. And he said, first of all, he did not believe he could die. And secondarily, he was eating just Chinese herbs and berries. That was all his food consisted of. Now, that opens up another can of worm. How old can people get? Because he didn't think he could die. That was the biggest reason why he didn't die until he got food poisoning and died. Of course, the herbs and the berries, they also helped, I'm sure. And uh, then again, in the Sumerian tablets, they talk of people that has been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Same people are written about. So now we, the concepts that we are living with here that, you know, you go to, you go to about 100 years old and you're going to die. Well, maybe you squeeze it to 105. Or... No, that's totally wrong, wrong concept. Because in a mind-created universe, that physical body we are carrying around is only a hologram, and what the mind believes and creates is what the physical body will do. So all we have to do is to change our mind. And this whole concept that we are born with almost just might go away. There are people that is immortal. I just happened to know a man. I talked to him on the phone several years ago. He called me. I know of him. And yes, they, these things are possible. So they, that goes back to the mind. What the mind creates, mind thinks and believes, that is what it creates, and that shows up in our physical life. And uh, I mentioned a little while ago about this mind development course. Uh, I was teaching where you teach people how to read at the rate of 75,000 words per minute with 95% retention. Uh, if you ask a university professor about that, and he says, that's impossible. Well, we did. And uh, for those of you that want to check into this, you can go to the Internet, and uh, it's still being made available. It's called Zox Pro. That's Z-O-X-P-R-O dot com. People can learn this, even today. So there's something to think about. I uh, When we talk about, you mentioned time earlier, and you talked very eloquently on this. And in fact, gosh, you sounded like me when you talked about time. <laughs> I, um, I would say... Physical science, Newtonian science tells us that there is no evidence that time even exists. Then we ask ourselves, why is that? Well, it's because it 
doesn't exist. We are told that time starts in the past, passes through the present, and heads off into the future. And there's a permanent record of it, written or recorded. Well, yeah, there is. But in the book, I explain what time is and how we can manipulate it and how it comes into consciousness and all that. It's really fairly simple. It is all mind-created. And uh, when we think of time, we forget one thing. It's the illusion that we are living in that creates time. There is... um, there's some quantum physics experiments that speaks very good to this, and that one of them is uh, it's a book out that's called The Feel and the Intention Experiments by Lynn McTaggart. That tells you actually how the future can change the past, and it has been done. Let me throw a question out there. Is there anyone out there that has screwed up something in the past so bad they would love to go back and change it? Boy, I got my hand up. <laughs> I was thinking, how, how big of a list do you want? <laughs> in one hand, I look by no, re- no regrets yeah, whatsoever. Got... But there's a lot yeah, of things got... I'd say, well, I would, you know like to experience it differently too and on another hand you know I'd like to not make some of those so-called mistakes or change the way I handled something yeah, yeah. I bet there are people out there that get both hands up you know there are things in the past we definitely want to change there is another book out there called Entangled Minds by Dean Radin and uh, the experiments he talk about there's where we respond to future events before they happen. This is what psychics, well, some psychics, I think 90% of the psychics out there are probably not that good, and they just are good at reading body language and stuff like that. But there are some that is really good at it, and they can tell you things in the future. And when you get to that point in your life, By golly, there it is. It does happen. There are things like this. And these people are able to tap into that pool of knowledge and the super creation where everything past, present, and future is sitting. And what what you're doing is that when you visualize these things that you want, then you are creating something in the future with a low form of life. It has a mental form of life vibrating on a higher level of existence in the, the spiritual reality where everything is in that universal mind. And let's say that we create something in the future in our mind that we want. We visualize it, create it in the mind with intention. And by the way, the intention is not just a thought, it's an energy. And you have to put emotion with it and vivid, colorful pictures. And you speak it aloud to yourself. Now you have created on several levels of existence and several levels of vibration. You place that in the future, let's say a year from now. 
And then every time you think about that, you go up this timeline to that particular thing and you visit it. If you visit that thing every day, you lay down a tractor strings through it, I mean to it. And every time you think of it, you get drawn up that attractor string and solidifies that particular timeline. And when you talked earlier, you are so right. The, P, the powers that be and the people behind the curtain, they have created timelines for you that will benefit them and not you. So it's time that we create our own timeline to something more pleasurable in the future. And we keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it all the time. And then we do our own thing to make that happen. You remember the saying, God will give you the nut, but he won't crack it. We got to do our part. So we got to crack the nut and keep doing what it takes to attain that thing in the future that we have visualized into existence on a mental and spiritual level of existence. I love, and, how, you're this. I love how you're explaining this, Avi, about taking the time to make the connection every day. If it is important yeah. to you, you will take that time. And one of the things that we have to keep in mind when we talk about these people who who want to control, and I know there's always people that question me, well, who is they, you know? Well, it's those people that want to control, your big banking families, so on and so forth, your governments, things like this. We need to keep in mind that they're actually trained in this type of thing. They're brought up in this when we look at our royalty families and things like that, and they're taught how to create this. And the average person is not taught how to create this, which is why they tend to be at a disadvantage. And this is part of why I got into shifting into the work I'm doing now with the code connection to make this kind of an even playing board, so to say, <laughs> like you're doing with your work, is you're allowing people to have the same tools and to not be controlled. Absolutely. And there are some simple things that we can do. And uh, one of them is learn meditation. If you're not meditating right now, you are just missing out. Because there are some things that are happening, not necessarily only in the brain, but in the mind also. Yeah, there are things that is happening in the brain. You have some, you know, the brain wave patterns go down into the alpha range and sometimes below there into theta. But at the bottom of the alpha range in a good meditation, that is good enough. You get some health benefits from it, lower stress level, and you can do all kinds of neat stuff with health with it. But there's more. You can, in meditation, you can visualize what you want in the future and then you place it in the future while you are in meditation and then every day go into meditation go up there and visit it and have the same feelings because the language of the spiritual word, uh, world is not one of words it is one of feeling emotions vivid colorful pictures 
and intention, gratitude, and the most important of all, love. If you think of something and attach the feeling of love with it, it is immediately understood by the universal mind and it reacts to it. Uh, this, there's a process for this. It's a simple one. I explain it very good in the book. And you can go do this. And I'll tell you, what I'm telling people is that read the book three times. The first time through, you're going to say, well, this, this book kind of interesting. And then the second time you go through, a, it's a different book. You're going to realize and understand a lot more than you did the first time. And the third time you go through it, by the time you're done reading it, your life will never be the same. Because if you start practicing some of the stuff in there, you're going to have good three things falling out of trees on your path because it does happen. The universal consciousness is constant. Whatever you do on spiritual principles always works the same way. Now, there is some variances, and that is that if you are filtering it through your five senses, you may decrease the importance and value of it by your conscious understanding. You may misinterpret things that you get. But when you get the hunches of things to do, if it makes perfect sense to you after you sleep on it, do it. And some of the things we're told to do is not necessarily what we like to hear. Let's say that you uh, said, gee, you know, I get the feeling I should go apologize to so-and-so for something I did, you know, a while back. You don't want to do that, but do it anyway, because it is part of the healing process that opens up the channel to that super and super conscious and the universal mind. And I know uh, Christians like to call it God, and that is good. It's a good term. It's just that, according to the UN, there's 3,000 gods on earth, so we don't know which one. But when we speak of it in these terms, then we mean the same thing. So this is something that everybody can do. But we haven't been taught how to do it. And uh, this hologram we're walking around in, think of it this way. Uh, holograms, uh, physical science developed the first hologram right about 50 years ago. Now, I'll guarantee you, 500 years from now, you're going to have people walking down the street, going to meetings for you, doing things for you, and they're going to look just like you and me. They're going to feel like you and me. They're going to feel solid but they are holograms because they already exist in the future. They are there. Now, think of it this way. This universal mind has created a hologram that is 14.3, according to quantum physics, 14.3 billion years old. Do you not think that a hologram that old could create things that is way beyond our imagination? It's yeah, had a lot of practice time. <laughs> yeah. It had a long time to perfect itself. So um, time is a really strange thing. It is composed of present moments. 
stacked one behind another. In fact, what I saw is that the way consciousness comes into physical reality is that it comes in through small hollow tubes inside the neurons. They're called microtubules. And these microtubules has an intelligence of its own. It, it has a self-organizing effect. It uh, organizes the amount of uh, chemicals that is coming through, uh, what we think, and it is created on the basis of a, um, of a sine wave. It is an electric wave that pulses up and then collapses pulses up and collapses about 45 to 50 times per second. And between the collapse of those wave fronts or of these um, waves, there is nothing. The universe do not exist. Consciousness only exists during the collapse of those waves. And in between there, there is nothing. And then I know I can hear somebody out there thinking, well, yeah, but I got a camera here and I'm taking pictures of it. Sooner or later, I'm going to be able to take a picture of between those collapses. So I don't see the blank spot anywhere. Well, remember what I said. Between the collapses of those waves, there is nothing so at the beginning of the wave ramping up again, the, re the universe creates itself. So your camera does not even exist between the collapses. So there is nothing there to take a picture. That's a very interesting thought. <laughs> yeah. And this uh, science will find the, the way it is. They're, uh, they're starting to look at these things, but uh, I don't think they've gotten there quite yet. So consciousness only exists for about 45 to 50 times per second. Between there, between each collapse, there is nothing. And the whole universe and everything in it, including you and your cat sitting across the room there on the chair, is, does not exist. Now, that's a hard one to understand. But remember, this has had 14 billion years to perfect itself. So, uh, yeah, things can happen. And and it is interesting to think about because when you deal in holograms, they're they're so real. Uh, they appear yeah. so real, I should say, uh, to us. And you know, it's it's interesting to hear you delve into this aspect of your work. Um, you know, as we're talking about these different timelines and consciousness and things here. And for those, by the way, that are just tuning in, we have Augie Nuft with us today, and uh, we're talking about some very interesting things with timelines and accessing universal consciousness. And you definitely want to go back and catch from the beginning of the show <laughs> so that you're grabbing everything that he's talking about with us. But um, the, the whole holographic image i mean it's uh it's yeah, fascinating it, it gets, uh, yeah it gets a little complicated 
Right. I, I can see where for some people it could, could start to get very complicated uh, when we think about this because, um, you know, it feels so real. We have all these emotions that are are attaching. And, um, you know, as you say, there's this consciousness, this ever-growing consciousness of things and to experience more and more and more on these deeper more intense levels that seem so real, that seem so tangible um, yeah. to us. And and I can just imagine, I mean, this thought is going through my head, like just imagine if you really acknowledged everything as a hologram, uh, people that you meet, uh, experiences that you're having. And I think of how powerful in some ways that could really be when dissolving negative experiences, for example, or dissolving experiences we're not enjoying. Yeah. And the thing also is that time only exists in the physical and the lower astral worlds. Uh, even the graveyard where the, uh, the astral bodies drift off to after physical determination, that is uh, even higher than us. And it, in the lower astral world, that's, we still have time there because that's where ghosts are hiding. Uh, you see ghosts, and they are hanging around, let's say, for hundreds of years, some of them. They don't know, some of them don't even know they're dead physically. They're just walking around wondering, why? how come nobody's talking to me? <laughs> and uh, they have all these emotions, and they get attached to the physical. Outside of that, there is no time present past and future is at the same location there is no distance between the past and the future and that is why psychics can go into that pool of knowledge and pull things from the past and pull things from the future and pull it into the present and understand it so uh, it is fairly simple once you get out of the physical, but you also have to think outside of the physical. The brain is not able to do that. The mind can, and that creates the extra physical understanding. See, the brain is just a hardware in the computer. It can't do much except for what is in the brain but it can be fed things from the universal mind all the way through. In fact, they did some experiments with this. They hooked people up to biometric sensors uh, all around his head, and they uh, discovered that what we think is not our own thoughts. Uh, the, the psychic, uh, I mean, uh, psychiatry uh, department at UCLA did something like this, and they found that about two to five seconds before we actually think the thought, it shows up in the brain and sits there for a little bit and suddenly is delivered up to conscious understanding, so we think it is our own thought. But it comes from somewhere, and they could not figure out where it came from. So something is delivering our thoughts to us, which makes perfect sense. We're only the hologram. So the mind behind the hologram is handing us down the thoughts. Well, and, it, and that is interesting in, this, in a sense. If you were thinking, okay, if I'm in a mind, 
and I'm a hologram and I'm able to see myself from myself or experience myself from myself, it, it's like watching a movie and going, oh, I know what's going to happen next. Such and such is going to happen. And then it happens. Yeah. And you're the movie star. And you're the movie star. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're in the middle of it. <laughs> and it's your movie. And this, and this is kind of where, you know, sometimes we wonder why the people that are so controlling and, and maybe not operating with integrity or whatever words you want to use are able to get all of these things, it's because they're very strong a lot of times in their thoughts. You know, they believe that they are better than other people. They believe that they, you know, that that the average person is nothing. And they project that. And in that projection, we then start to pick up those thoughts that we are nothing, you know, that we are inadequate or things like that. And it takes, as you say, stepping into that conscious process and going, okay, I'm going to create my own thoughts. I'm going to, you know, and and we have to because you've got this bombardment of stuff that, you know, we look at every piece of marketing out there. We look at what bombards us through television, through news, through all of these places, and I don't even watch those things anymore, but... You know, we bombard ourselves with those those aspects, and they're all designed to say we're not worthy, or we have yeah. no value, or we have problems, or, you know, we can't take care of ourselves, so here's what you need. Um, and and it does take that conscious stepping out going, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do yeah. that, and it does... You know, you you have to be very conscious in the process if you're going to make the shift or the change. Absolutely. And um, that's the thing is that sometimes it is hard to look at these things because we know we're not right in our thinking, but it's so comfortable. We just don't want to let go of it. And, uh, you know, I mentioned just a little while ago that who wouldn't want to go back in the past and change what they did in the past? Um, should I cover a little bit about how to do that? Yes. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of listeners are going, yes, yes, tell me how. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I still got my hand up, so I'm going to, I, I've covered some of these things. I've got both hands and both feet up in the air. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, when we think about timelines, from where, wherever we are, they reach into the future. Just like fingers on your hand, there is more than one. And you pick one by the decisions that you make and the thoughts you have at the time and the things you do on the basis of your thoughts creates the timeline that you're heading up into the future with. And that goes for somewhere in the past when you did something really stupid and screwed up your life, so to speak. Okay, go back in your thinking to before that time. Think of a different decision than what you did 
when you screwed up. Think about what you could have done different. Design that in your mind. And then start developing a new future from that point. In your mind, create a new future from that point is totally irrelevant to the decision that you did when you screwed up. Now you start creating a new timeline from that point, a timeline that actually never existed, but you are creating it now. What you are doing, you're not correcting the past. You are creating a new timeline from before that stupid thing you did. And you start putting mind into it. Remember, everything is mind. So now you start going up that timeline from this decision before the stupid thing. And you start living in that timeline. Sometime during that period after there, you just might switch timelines and end up in that timeline where that stupid thing never did happen. And what you, what happened in that timeline where you went through the results of your stupid thing, there's two schools of thought of that. One school of thought is that the previous timeline collapses and never existed. And the other school of thought is that it continues with you in it, but your major consciousness will be in the new timeline, so you never know that the previous timeline existed. In other words, you corrected it by creating a new timeline, and you move on from there. Now, if that were to happen, there's still a hair in the soup. And that is that you might end up making the same decision, stupid decision. Hopefully you don't because you don't know that you did a wrong decision. So you may end up doing the same decision, so you may end up in the same position, but at least you have a chance of making a different decision when you get to that point in in the conscious um, projection of time. Would that make any sense at all, or am I just... Well, to me, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah. In there. But my mind mind functions that way. Um, Yeah. Yes, because when we step back to before making that decision, um... you know, and in, in one hand, it, it allows us to be wiser, but since the decision hasn't been made, we could still make the same decision. Um, and and if we um, connect enough with the other timeline that we're creating, and and I should for those that are tuning in, timelines and time are really kind of two different things. Uh, Aubrey yeah. has been talking about time being something that we experience in the three-dimensional realm, uh, whereas timelines are really more timeless, uh, everything existing in the same point. Um, mm-hmm. 
but we have this fluidness where we can travel between different points along the way um, in there. So I, I find it very, very interesting because I uh, what you're talking about is actually a technique I was taught by one of my mentors along the way, which was, uh, you know, it's a very similar process, which is the process of reverie. And that was about going back oh. and living through the day and changing what you didn't like that happened in the day, changing how you responded to something and thus shifting the energy and the outcome so that you were never going to sleep at night with the worry, the anxiety, the heaviness of what you felt was a poor decision. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's another thing, too, that goes along with that is that chances are that in the past, let's say 20 years years ago when you did something stupid, then you were not at the present level of your conscious understanding. So maybe you have a little more insight now. Maybe you have meditated for 10 years. So you, you know that you are closer to the universal mind. You have more access to it. So that will help you not to make the same decision because you will take that mind. The universal mind will always develop to a higher consciousness. So when you take that universal mind back to, let's say, 20 years ago, before that stupid decision, then you are now operating on your present mind so you will have more understanding and hopefully not make the same decision. So there's a very good likelihood you will make a different decision so you avoid the hardship that you caused by that decision. And and that's exciting because when we're growing and we're developing and we're learning different things and understanding different techniques along the way, that maybe didn't even exist at that point in time. I mean, I've lived through a time where, you know, people didn't carry cell phones all the time. You didn't, you know, have all these techniques and tools and spiritual paths and all kinds of things to work with. And and I've oftentimes thought that, you know, if, if I only knew then what I know now. Um, yeah. Oh. And realizing... <laughs> that now I could take that information, step back, and operate from my present space and make those decisions from this space, it's kind of (laughs) mind-blowing in a way to to think about that, how much we can can shift it. And, um, it, And I think even in recent experiences, even earlier this year, that I think to myself, I, I wish I had, moved sooner on something and thus created, you know, perhaps a different outcome and things. Um, so, yeah, yep. it, it definitely makes sense. And I think I think that's the key is realizing we have so much more ability than we realize. And if you go back and you go back to that point in time where maybe a big argument blew up or you said something that you weren't happy you said it. And you go back and you change it and you say what you'd like to say from this higher level of consciousness now and operate from that. You you release so much heaviness out of your life, so much heaviness out of your, your energy space. Um, 
I don't, it's just amazing. It really is amazing what can be created from that. And and this is where we really start to, I think, step into that creator stuff of ourselves. Yeah, and exactly right. And that's why, see, we grow. And we grow both um, mentally and spiritually. And that's why there are no young sages. They are usually up in the years a little bit. And uh, when it comes to this, this thing about, you know, it's a form of time travel, you could say, even though that's alive and well, too. Uh, BBC television came out uh, 12 years ago. They came over to the United States and interviewed myself and Michio Kaku and uh, several other theoretical physicists on this issue of time travel. And uh, you can go and uh, look at it. You can find it on the Internet. It's called Time Trip. It's a TV documentary that was shown to about a billion people around the world. And, yeah, time travel is alive and well. Now, mainstream science, they say, well, yeah, sure, it is alive and well, but we don't have the technology to do it yet, which is true the way they are doing it. But what they are doing, they are excluding the concept of the mind. All they are doing is using technical science, and it's going to take an enormous amount of energy to get in there and do this. But with the mind, in fact, you don't need anything. I have a little uh, electronic box that I demonstrated on that uh, TV documentary and I had some very strange experiences with. But in fact, with the mind, you don't even need the box. See, uh, I read an article in Science Magazine. Uh, it's called, uh, Science Magazine was called Technology and Innovation. And they say in that article, physicists demonstrate how time can seem to run backwards and the future can affect the past. And then they show the experiment that actually proved that. And it was written by Professor Andrew, uh, oh gosh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Tr Andrew Truscott, it looks like. Another article in Nature Physics speaks of a study with some very credible scientific experiments that show time can in fact run backwards. Science is coming around to this now. It's not just me that sounds so outrageously uh, fictitious here. No, they're coming around to it. So it is there. We just don't quite understand it yet. It's well, and coming. that's the interesting thing, because just like we can travel backward, we could travel forward. Um, yes, we can. We could bring something from our past forward, and when you start looking at this with some of the things you're talking about, I mean, you could bring your youthfulness forward into today. Um, yeah. And this is where the alchemist and the and the creator and everything gets to come in and play and say, hmm, if I could take my wisdom and bring it back here and bring this forward, you know, yeah. this, this could be a lot of fun to to be in. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's a pretty amazing thing. To, yeah. To, and um, in, the back yeah. Of my, in the back of my book, I uh, have a little exercise that explains to you how you can time travel. And yes, it is alive and well. I know it works. I've done it. And uh, just go and look at that and read it. 
several times so you can understand the sequence of it. And then go and try it. Uh, there is a couple of pitfalls in there you should remember, and it's explained in the book. Uh, if you go forward in time to observe yourself or visit yourself, don't shake hands with yourself. Do not touch yourself because there's something there that I am not so sure I remember exactly how to explain, but it creates a quantum bridge back to the past and it might snap you back where you came from. And it is not a pleasant experience. It hurts all over when you get back. So there are some pitfalls with it, but uh, once you're careful, stay away. Do not make any new decisions because then suddenly you start creating new timelines again. So uh, do not make any major decisions. Just be an observer when you visit the future. So, But read that in the book, and uh, I think you'll be fascinated with it and just might want to try it. It is harmless. It, it will not change anything for you. It won't hurt. There's nothing there to hurt. So you can't hurt yourself with it, but it's just that it can be scary thinking of it and not understanding it all. I am so glad that you brought that up because there is that piece of responsibility in doing these things. And, you know, uh, as you say, it can be extremely painful, to say the least, um, if you were to to shift things uh, or to, yeah. to make self-contact or something like that. Um, it is the space of the observer that you really hold the so-called power in doing this because it's in the observing that you find out what you need to do now to create or change the outcome that you saw in the future. And you can't get that any other way than by observing. Yeah. Yeah. Eloquently said. I uh, I agree. That's why we need to do something every day to develop ourselves to a higher spiritual level of consciousness. Don't let one day go by unless you try to work on yourself a little bit, because you only have so many days in physical existence unless you go ahead and start working on this uh, on this uh, immortality process that I talk about in the book too and uh, it can perfectly well be done but there's a responsibility with that too because what would happen if you would let's say live to 300 years and your spouse decided not to there's something to think about it there are consequences with everything we do so uh what if you started doing some of these things to uh, lengthen the telomeres to stop the aging process and then your children don't? Hmm. There are consequences. So we need to think this over before we start doing something because you, once you start on this uh, reversing the aging process, you definitely will start a new timeline. Think on that. Yeah. Make put things in it that you want to have. Because that's long term, not really long term. So we gotta plan ahead. The future instead of out fighting it. 
Oh, that sounded good. Yeah. That sounded really good. <laughs> well, and I, I believe in a no resistance path. Um personally, if if we're resisting something that's definitely something that needs to be dealt with. Um and you know, I I'm glad that you are bringing up these, you know, again, these responsibility pieces because if if people do something from greed or they're not thinking about it, um, they're not using their mind in the in the process because so many times we get wrapped up in, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to have the perfect body or to have the body I had when I was 25 years old or these sorts of things. Um, but it's not. I mean, it's, uh, when you really start to think about it, like you say, there's there's a there's a whole other strange piece, and there's so much more out there besides this world or this holographic <laughs> experience that we're having. And do we really want to limit ourselves to just this holographic experience for some vanity mm-hmm. aspect? And when we step into the vanity aspect, of course, we're going to lower our vibration, which brings up a whole other set of things, which is going to be resisting and counterproductive to what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this uh, reversing the aging process, uh, I just did uh, an an hour before I came on with you, I did a radio show with a guy in England that uh, we were talking about immortality. And... uh, I explained it. Science has found it, and uh, we've just never been told. And they don't want us to know because think of what would happen to in um, pension programs if people quit dying. It would bankrupt them. So there's no way they're going to tell us about it. But there is a way to right. do it. And I, I explained that in the book too. So uh, it's all there. That uh, It's fairly simple, actually, and reasonable. So it can be done. But it's another decision yeah. we got to think about before we do. It it definitely is, and um, you know some of the things you're talking about. I just I keep having little flashes in my mind of movies, Twilight Zone episodes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know we're based around these concepts. Twilight Zone addressed a lot of these concepts. Actually, uh, they they address the non aging process and. Uh, the reverse aging, I remember that. They had one of uh, a bunch of seniors that uh, were at a rest home, and then they started playing kickball and all became children again. And um, the, it, it really is a fascinating thing. And, and to hear you talk and to bring it into this level of consciousness, that's like, wow, this is it, – it just makes you – more and more amazed, I think, with this life and what we're experiencing. And it can really shift your perception of your experiences Mm -hmm. by approaching life from this aspect of mind. Yeah. And right now with the Internet, there is so much information out there. It it buries us if we're going to look at most of it. And uh, you got to find something, find a forum where you have the most width of uh, information, the breadth of it, 
so that you can cover the things that interest you the most. And that's what I tried to do with that book. And uh, I'm covering anything from, you know, well, you name it. I mean, the hidden history of Earth, the hidden history of mankind, how mankind actually was created. There's a written record of it, the genetic manipulation that happened some 240,000 years ago. And it is all there in writing. And uh, deal with how, you know the time travel and the spiritual healing and stuff. It is all in there. So have a look at it. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's interesting, too, when I think of this in relation to codes and people's personal codes and the lifetime that they're living. And when we start to view things from these perspectives that you're talking about, it also helps us step out of the good, bad, evil, this right, that, you know, right, wrong concept and realize that we're all just having an experience that we've chosen to have, and and each one of us is, is bringing greater understanding to the consciousness, even if we don't like what somebody else is doing. And it's just a matter of when we like it or don't like it, view it as right, wrong, good, evil, all of these things uh, in these judgment spaces that we're really um, just having a, a conflict in our coding between that yeah. person's experience and our experience. And yet at the same time, we've created all of those people as holographic images as well to be a part of our experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is so much out there. And uh, I tell you... <clears throat> I, uh, I'm i almost speechless when I think about the things that we can do and the things we experience. Even if it is not all that good all the time, it is still an interesting experience which we learn from. <clears throat> I have found often bad experiences that I've had. I learn something from it so I can avoid doing even worse experiences in the future. So everything is good one way or the other. And and learning and, uh, to see that good in it. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And that's a hard one to learning how to see that good because we we look at the problem. You know, it's not the problem that makes us feel bad. It is how we think about the problem that makes us feel bad. So we change our yeah. mind. Think of it differently and we wouldn't feel so bad. When something really bad happens, you say, wow, what am I going to learn from that one? Where's the opportunity in it? What if this was done this way instead? And gosh, I could make a lot of money with that one. And you can create opportunities sometimes out of absolutely nothing. (laughs) That's where I haven't... Yeah. 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 Go right ahead. Bye. Yeah, I, I have another book out. I'll, I'll mention it since I mentioned money. I, uh, I've been very lucky in my life. I've been able to rub shoulders or talk and associate with some billionaires. And uh, uh, you learn stuff. And I have a book out that is called, uh, uh, you'll find it on my uh, way, feb, uh, Facebook page. 
as universal success principles and how billionaires think. Universal success principles and how billionaires think. And uh, that book is, um, I think, or one of its kind. There's hundreds of books out there teach you how to become a millionaire, but there's not one showing you how to become a billionaire. Except this one. So that's something. If you're in business, you need to read it. If you want to do better at what you do, you need to read it. Because uh, you'll find it on my Facebook page. I, I got it on there. Well, I'm glad that you brought that in uh, for people as well. And, and, you know, as we've been talking about throughout the show, it's really about the mindset. Uh, it's not about yeah. the greed. It's not about putting somebody down. And, and I know you have tons of topics, and we could spiral into a lot of different areas and topics with you, and, and we'll probably just have to bring you back with it because yeah. when we look at all these holographic images, you know, and and we look at all these people that we share this experience with, you know, they're really aspects of ourselves, um, just showing ourselves different sides of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, out there, which is where we get some of the mirror concepts and, and where we get the unity concepts that we're all one. And uh, yeah. you know we're all the, we're all the same, and and uh, what we're not liking is a piece of ourselves. So um, it's very interesting. I think we could just delve into many many conversations with you, Augie, and uh, and you come from some very interesting cultures because I love the Norse history and culture yeah, that is there. If you go to the website and you see on the back page of the book, there's probably some 65 different subjects that is covered there. And uh, you can pick any one of those. And, uh, you know, I could talk for an hour on it. So uh, it's, um, it's something that could be very interesting to uh, do some other time. I really agree. And and I want to mention again, your website is spiritual-sciences.net. And that's where yeah. people can go to. Actually, it is spiritual sciences. Mhm. Spiritual sciences dot And uh, and when you get when then, you get to that page, click on the picture, and then you will see uh, what it's all about. And and uh, and again, if people want to connect with you on Facebook, your name is spelled A A G E N O S T. Correct. Um, so that's that's where they can go to look to find you as well on Facebook and connect with you there. You're absolutely fascinating. Do you do any any events or work with people, um, or is it just? Kind of like, hey, it's all in my book. <laughs> or... uh, yes, kind of. I um, I haven't done a lot of workshops or anything like that. Uh, I do offer somebody that, I don't know if anybody else has ever done this, but if somebody read my book three times, like I said, your knife will never be the same, and then you are ready for stage two. So then... We will we will need to talk because then I'll 
outline a little different program for you that goes up and beyond the book. It would reach you into the uh, the higher realm a little simpler, and you are ready for some more experiences. So we'll talk about how to get those. Astro travel for one thing. Yeah. It definitely sounds intriguing. It, it's really been a pleasure and fun to have you on the show today and to delve into this because this is where my mind thinks a lot of the time and, and I love delving yeah. into these concepts and it's very much aligned with what Code Connection is about um, because as we tap into this consciousness, as we tap into the mind and connect with the mind, um, we're definitely going to learn how to be more compassionate, I think, in life yeah. as well. And um, and that's huge. So I, I really want to thank you, Augie, for coming on the show today and bringing your insights, your information, um, and, and sharing with us uh, a little piece of your world because I know there's a lot more to it. <laughs> yeah, I had fun, and uh, I insist on having fun when I do stuff like this. Most definitely. The thing, um, you know, like I said thing. at the very beginning, you know, I I'm having fun with what I do, and I really enjoy it. So uh, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I enjoy it. And and that is definitely the key is to enjoy it. And when you stop enjoying it, you make a shift in life and and move on <laughs> to what else will be your enjoyment. And and. That's the thing, you know, I think it's hard for us to, you know, what what is enjoyable at 20 years old is not necessarily enjoyable at 50 or 60 yeah. um, mm-hmm. in, in the timeline, so to say. So um, that's, that's a pleasure. Anything else that you want to leave our listeners with today? Well, maybe, maybe just a quick message to people. It's, uh, you got to remember your health is is your responsibility it is not the hospitals or the or the health plans responsibility you start eating raw natural foods uncooked foods a lot of it and you're going to see your your um, health start turning around go to natural remedies and besides that start developing your mind start learning and growing Start reaching for higher goals because it is your journey. And by doing that, you are changing it because it's your universe. You have all the right to change it. And start developing yourself to the point where you suddenly find yourself in the middle of more interesting people, more encompassing relationships, and you are going to grow so other people will be attracted to you. You're going to start hanging out and associating with more interesting people that uh, don't necessarily um, think the big occasion of the week is the poker party on Friday night, you know. That's, <laughs> you grow out of those people. And they're okay too. But you grow to a higher level. It is your responsibility to start doing it. So keep doing it. Do something every day for that. And I, I think that's an important thing because as we clear our bodies, we can connect with our minds easier. The more we connect with our minds, the more we'll want to clear our bodies. It all goes hand in hand. And um, 
you know, definitely I, I think that that's a great key to leave us with is that it is up to us um, yeah. to, to take the action and to make the shift. Thank you again so much, Augie. It's been a pleasure, and, and um, you know, we'll, I'm definitely going to keep you in mind for, for a future show and think about what other topics down the line I'll delve into <laughs> with you. Oh, we'll find something. Oh, there's always something. <laughs> yeah. Next week on Code Connection, I'm going to have Burl and Meredith Hall with me, and we're going to be discussing Sophia's web and healing the wounded self and earth. I've also added events for my True North Tour, which is now in effect, and we'll be offering events in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Fairfax, Virginia, and Westford, Massachusetts this October. You can learn more about those events by going on my website, and uh, that's Jesse Ann Nichols George, the number one dot com. You'll also find on there the books that I've written, the um, information on monthly specials, monthly videos that I put out. I'm getting ready to put out a new one, so watch for that in the upcoming week. You'll also find uh, archived and upcoming shows for Code Connection and uh, archived shows on, on Activating Compassion. Lots of great people in there that I've had on along the way. and. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot there, so go check it out. I've got my information up now on doing code interpretation, and uh, uh, we'll be I'll be making a, a new Facebook page specifically around the codes. And uh, if you haven't gone in and checked out my blogs, go to that getyourblisson.com, uh, or excuse me, getyourblisson.tumblr.com, and uh, and I have a couple of posts up there on. Uh, the Triple Eight portal that we've been going through. We had three of them in this month of August, and uh, so those have been interesting. But uh, definitely watch for that new Facebook page coming up. It's specifically going to be on Code Connection, and that should be getting opened up this upcoming week. So you can check out all of my work at jessianniclesgeorge1.com. And again, August special is um, if you register for my Autumn Equinox event, which is coming up here very soon, it'll be in the Sioux Falls area, you can receive a free set of my Activating Compassion books. And also don't forget that we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. We have a couple of people that are just hanging out on um, on a little bit of a break right now, but we do have uh, Susan Weed has been continuing on with her work in 13 Sacred Trees. Uh, we have our flagship show, matter of fact, I should mention, coming up on September 16th, which is a Wednesday night. It's only a couple of weeks away. I will be getting interviewed by Janice on my Code Connection work, so you might want to tune into that. That will be Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, oftentimes, too, we still have Darren Booker who comes on. He's a reader through Madame Laveau in New Orleans, and uh, he comes on with the Spiritual Insight Show. Hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. And again, thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live through Penn, known as Terra Encounters Network, StreamFinder, TalkStream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of the show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you today with that song, Yearning For, also known as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai. And again, you can check out more of their work at www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M 
shai.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week, right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with season of change inside. And we are in tune with the tune. Caught in a balance of sun and moon Oh, deep inside The light within Shining to show you It's here to begin When all I have Is all I need I will soar to the edge of eternity